Good morning. My name is Daniel Wilson, and I am one of the pastors here at West. And whether you are joining us here at Lake Norman High School or joining us online, we send a very warm and special welcome to you this morning. It is so good to be gathered here in this space and wherever you are online together as a faith community to learn, grow, and serve together. As many of you know, I am relatively new to West. I came uh, and joined the staff at West on January 1st. I have been a fan and a cheerleader for West for a number of years, really since the inception of West. Um, Never ever did I think that I would have the opportunity to come and be here uh, with all of you, but God works in some pretty awesome ways and things work themselves out um, that as of January, I took an appointment to be here full time with you and I am very excited about that. Um, But I have learned a lot in my first month here at West. West is a little different, right? Yeah. Yeah. Most days when I leave the office, my head hurts when I drive home, and that's good. I am really thankful for that. You guys are doing some incredible ministry already, and I am very much looking forward uh, to being with you and being able to serve the community uh, as a part of West. So thank you for that opportunity. Um, one of, I wanted to share a story um, that uh, I, this, this story... Um, happened a few weeks ago, and I arrived to the West office one morning, and I saw Andrea's car in the parking lot. The lights were on, so I knew Andrea was there, and I walked through the front door. I stuck my head in her office, um, and there was no Andrea. I thought, huh. So I said, hey, Andrea. And she said, yeah, I'm back here. So I walked toward the back of the office space, and the bathroom door was kind of open. She said, I'm in here. No, bear with me. This is not an inappropriate bathroom story um, at all. Um, but Andrea, I said, Andrea, what are you doing? I'll turn the corner, and there stands Andrea with some toilet bowl cleaner in one hand and a scrub brush in the other. And I thought to myself, what on earth is the lead pastor of one of the most dynamic and engaging faith communities in our conference doing scrubbing the office toilet? For the love of goodness, give me that brush. Let me do it. And Andrea said to me, she said, no, it's okay. This reminds me, scrubbing the toilet at the office reminds me that no matter where we go or who we are, that I am never too good to clean a toilet. Now, that was pretty fantastic, right? And I thought that that just stuck with me throughout the entire day. And I thought, wait a second, that's biblical, right? That's, That's a biblical model. And here's how. Last week, Andrea set the stage for the atmosphere that was happening in Jesus' friend circle. You know, those people that Jesus had gathered together to be his friends, what we call disciples, they were learning Jesus' ways, and they were taking them out into the communities around them. And they had been following Jesus for so long that there was, I think the terminology she used, they, they began jockeying for position. Now, I envision this kind of like you've had a best friend since you were growing up, right? And you get to high school, and your best friend begins to make friends with other people. Well, you get this attitude, right, about, they were my friend first. We've been friends longer. They love me more. Well, that's exactly the atmosphere that was happening with the disciples. 
You know, they were saying, Jesus loves me. I'm Jesus' favorite. No, you're not. I'm Jesus' favorite. No, you're not. Wait, I'm, I was called first. And I think we deal with that today. You know, there's a message there for today's people. Sometimes we've been following Jesus so long that we feel like my Jesus, this is more my Jesus than your Jesus. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing. So anyway, that's the, that's the atmosphere that's happening with the disciples and with Jesus. And it's just before the Passover meal. And Jesus knows that his time on earth is coming to an end. And so he calls his friends together. They're getting ready to celebrate the Passover meal. And Jesus stands up from the table. He pours some water into a basin, right? He takes off his robe. He ties a towel around his waist. And he begins to go one by one, washing the feet of his disciples. Now, in Jesus' day, washing the feet of guests was something that was reserved for servants. This was servants' work. But here we find Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, washing his friend's feet. Let me also remind you that in Jesus' time, you couldn't walk down to the local Clark's factory outlet and pick up a nice pair of closed-toed shoes. We get the terminology Jerusalem cruisers from somewhere. It was from Jesus' day. Open-toed sandals tied together with some leather straps. And we also didn't have paved roads and sidewalks back then. So I want you to imagine what it might be like if you walked all day on dirty, dusty streets. Has anybody, does anybody else have the problem when you wear sandals? You get dirt and grime and places on your feet that you never even knew existed? Because I have that problem. You won't often find me wearing flip-flops or sandals. Heaven forbid you walk on the beach because then I end up with sand on the top of my head just from walking in flip-flops. It's terrible. So imagine the condition that Jesus found these feet. They probably didn't smell too good. They were covered in dirt. But there is Jesus, the one who used spit and dirt to create mud and restore sight to the blind. The one who looked at a paralyzed man and said, you, get up, walk. And he did. That very same Jesus is there on his knees with his hands in the water, washing dirty feet. See, I told you, Andrea scrubbing a toilet was biblical. Now, we know that West is a missional faith community. We are constantly reaching out beyond this place and working with the community around us. A couple of weeks ago, as we were leaving the high school, a couple came up to me and we started talking about their experience serving with the back-to-school bash. They told me how much it meant to them to wash a child's feet and then place a brand new pair of sneakers on said feet. Last week, I witnessed with my very own eyes one of the most beautiful things I have ever seen in the life of a faith community. We had three-year-olds 
making Valentine's gifts for our teachers in our community while we had 73-year-olds sorting clothes that would be given to three local schools for their clothing closet. What a beautiful image to see so many different ages and, and people from all different walks of life coming together to serve the community around us. So we know that you're missional. We know that you're looking, you're reaching out, you're doing those things. But this morning, I want to talk about the small things. And as we wrap up this series about how to measure our life, what it means to live a life-sized life, I want us to remember that Jesus showed us it's in the small things. Those really matter. Those really matter. want to share with you, after, um, after Jesus washed the disciples' feet, he said this. After he washed the disciples' feet, Jesus put his robe on and returned to his place at the table. He said to them, Do you know what I've done for you? You all call me teacher and Lord, and you speak correctly because I am those things. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you too must watch each, wash each other's feet. I have given you an example. Just as I have done, you also must do. I assure you, servants aren't greater than their master, nor are those who are sent greater than the one who sent them. The servant is no greater than the master. The master is no greater than the servant. We are all called to live lives of service, to wash each other's feet. And sometimes that comes in the details, the small things that you never really see or think about. For example, I want you, as you gather around your TV screens with your friends and family this evening to watch the Carolina Panthers win their first Super Bowl, I want you to think about, that's right, that's okay, we, yeah, all right, come on. I want you to think about what it takes to make that game happen. Because I assure you, it's not Cam Newton, it's not Peyton Manning, it's not Ron Rivera. Who put those seats on the sideline for the players to sit on? Who brought out that big jug of Gatorade and water? For heaven's sake, who painted the lines on the field? Can you imagine a football game with no lines on the field? A life-size life is sometimes lived out in the thankless positions. Those things that we take for granted that happen each and every week. Here at West, which again, I'm still new to, but every Sunday morning I am awestruck by showing up at 7.30 and watching people take big carts from these trailers and disperse them into different parts of the high school. Every cart has its place. Every place has its setup instructions. And that happens every week like clockwork, like a well-oiled machine. 
But what would happen one Sunday morning if no one showed up to do that? West would not happen. Right? I spent the first 15 minutes this morning across the way with our children in Wired. They were doing some very fun things. If no one set up lights in there for them or set up their projector, there would be no energy in that space. How unfortunate that would be for us here at West. So this morning, I want you to think about all the little pieces that make West happen. As you leave today, there are many stations set up in the commons area. And I promise we'll be finished a few minutes early today. I encourage you to go out there and consider being, uh, getting engaged in the behind-the-scenes world of West. If there's something you're interested in but you're not real sure how it works or how to do it, don't worry. We will train you. We will make sure that you are adequately prepared to carry out that duty. It is our dream and our vision that everyone at West would feel engaged in all aspects of West. It's about the little things, the little details. Um, While cruising around the internet last week in preparation for this morning, I found a video that I just thought was awesome and um, I think really speaks to the little things in life. So um, take just a minute and watch this video about a man and his pennies. I started this probably in the late 60s, early 70s. Started putting them in these, uh, in these jokes. To the point that now I have acquired 15 water jokes. It just seemed like it was initiated by the fact that if I would see a penny on the ground, in the hallway, on the floor, or anywhere, I would automatically, invariably say a prayer of thanks. And I said, well, this is God's way of reminding me that I should always be thankful. And there are many occasions when I fail, get up in the mornings and fail to pray. And invariably, I'll see a penny and it will remind me to pray. I became fascinated with my piles of pennies. The children at school would uh, knew that I was saving pennies and they would bring their pennies to me. I would never let anyone give me a penny, not even uh, my children or my wife, because I wanted the satisfaction deep inside that God and I together did this. I have not spent a penny in 40 plus years. I would break a dollar before I would spend a penny. Back in the late 60s or early 70s, the government uh, was giving $100, no, $25 extra for every $100 of pennies that you turn in. Even then, I refused to turn my pennies in to earn that uh, extra $25 per 100. Pennies. Pennies, the smallest denomination of currency that we have here in the United States. Pennies. At the end of every day, I take change out of my pocket, and my son Wesley, he's three years old, absolutely, I mean, he storms my bedside table to get my pennies. And I let him have the pennies because I feel like they're worthless. You know, they're just pennies. You can't have my quarters. You can't have my pennies. The smallest of pennies. When uh, this young man turned in his 15 jugs of pennies, they um, accumulated to $5,000 that he, to- he turned in. 40 years collecting pennies, $5,000. The little things add up. 
And they make really big and important things. So as we look at our lives, let us measure our lives not by the big things that we do, but the little things. Let's get out there and wash some feet. Let's paint some lines on the football field getting ready for the big game. Let's collect the pennies. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for this day, the gift to be gathered here in this space, to come and to know you more. Oh God, we thank you for showing us the example of what it means to serve and to live a life worthy of measuring. Help us, lead us, guide us to make the good choices, the right choices as we serve the community around us. Thank you for all that we have. May we willingly and lovingly give back just a portion of that to you this morning. With our whole hearts, God, hear that we say we love you. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen.